Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Bill, the CTO at Deloitte, and we discuss what it means to have human-centered design, cultivating a vision of consistency to avoid change fatigue, and why they don't want to fail fast. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Where'd you come in from? Well, home is Kansas City. That's where the day started. Silicon okay. Prairie, which is good trivia. Where Deloitte's global CTO calls home. There's a good story behind that. Uh, but I'm in San Francisco now, and I'll end the day in Chicago. So it's one of those type of days. <laughs> hey, I just got back from Chicago yesterday. So Okay, nice. And no faster way to Kansas City than uh, to Chicago than through through the Bay, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I'm not a, I'm not a geography buff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not my strength either. Uh, it's funny, my calendar is 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 more ruled by the laws of physics. Of is it possible? Doesn't necessarily mean is it sensible, but um, it's okay. I, I had this dream of that I would you know be able to schedule flight time only during you know working hours so that I wouldn't disrupt sleep patterns and I could travel more and it would yeah. <laughs> That was a dream, man. Yeah. If you figure that out, you can offer life coach services would be good. <laughs> I just, we're, we're going to build a teleporter, Bill, you and I, that's what we should do. I mean, I've, I've heard your recent, your push for SpaceX. And as soon as we get the uh, Singapore to Leewood, Kansas in 28 minutes by rocket, I'm in. Yeah. Even the idea of, you know, if you, do you follow Black Mirror? Are you a fan of that show? Yeah. You know, I followed the, the first season of it. Okay. In the last few, they've, they've kind of come back to a theme of, you know, what are the rights of your digital, a digital twin of your consciousness? Ooh. It's an interesting, you know, four or five episodes kind of touch on it in different ways. And you think about the old Star Trek, the, 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 the transporter, you know, and a very real possibility of your true self is being destroyed and a replica is being created in this, you know, wherever the, the end point is. And I could live with that. <laughs> it's funny how you get older. You're like, you know, that, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Full, full memory and full consciousness gets to, to go with it. I'm I'm totally okay. Uh, especially when you spend 30 hours a week in the air. Like that's, um, life's full of trade-offs, right? Where, so where are you going? What are you doing? Tell, tell me about the travels. Like, okay, you're in the air. You're obviously going many places. Who, why? Yeah, so my role is, is interesting, right? It's it's uh, one for Deloitte Consulting as we drive all of our clients, you know, big private companies, public sector comp- organizations, helping them figure out and navigate through all the technology happenings into tomorrow. Uh, I spend a lot of my time with executive teams, just walking through what's the future of you know either the industry or the broader sector issues or you know my wheelhouse is how the collection of technologies across the horizon you know what's real when is it going to be real how does it affect their worlds and what should they do so you know it's any given week is five or six of those types of kind of client workshops and briefings um you know, either in places we're already helping them or, or places that they just want our opinion to you know, have a strategy so that's a piece of it. And then I also own the places that for Deloitte we're investing to help build out our services and capabilities and the platforms we're building and the solution elements that we're investing in um, 
to be ahead of you know, where the world's going so we can continue to be relevant and our clients are the biggest problems. And so teams all over the globe kind of focused on different pieces of that, either startup sensing uh, to doing the solution investment as we incubate new capabilities to, you know, where should we be partnering in different ways? And, you know, that's not just with technology companies anymore. That's also with clients, co-development, co-investment. Um, and then I've got two daughters at home. So, uh, like, I'll be back in Kansas City on Wednesday morning for the fifth grade breakfast where she graduates from elementary school. So, Ooh. you know, those things are the most important on the on the calendar. <laughs> Talk about immovable right. objects. Uh, <laughs> you navigate through those. Yeah, I saw um, I saw your Twitter profile, and it was oh like, yeah, yeah, gamer, guitarist, enthusiast, right? And uh, then part time philosopher. I was like, I'm gonna like this guy a lot. Oh yeah, that's sometimes people key on the whiskey enthusiast, which I grew up in Kentucky, so I come by that piece of it naturally. Is my uh, my line, but yeah, I think the philosophy piece is funny. As a computer engineer, I never expected that piece of my persona to be so important um but it's you know, into that ethics discussion the biggest organizations in the world are saying just because we can with emerging technology should we and what does it mean and how do we navigate through that um it's been yeah, that used to be <laughs> yeah exactly right it, it, sometimes we make it a very naive treatment of the issue uh, but that's exactly right um and what does it mean to our people, our culture? What does it mean to our markets? Um, and what's the broader social, political responsibility that we have? You know, uh, and you can get to all that over appetizers. So over the over the entree, you can get a really meaty discourse going. That... Right. Unlike when I'm at my my mother-in-law's house, <laughs> I yeah. want to like kick up AI conversations. <laughs> it's like they don't go anywhere. They don't. They're like, oh, there's the nerd at the tis. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm like this is actually affecting us. I'm like, you guys know, like Elon just put a, a rock in his face that did a backflip and came back down and landed itself. So now we've got reusable fuel stages, and they're just like talking about what was on TV or something. <laughs> like I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, it all it all is. Um, my my conservation of karma is my wife is an English major and she's a preschool teacher, so it's, it's a nice counterpoint to a lot of the things I spend my days focused on when we compare notes um yeah some some of it there's some convergence which is interesting yeah technology and education and just mind share um you know, my daughters are 13 and 10 and they both have phones now and they're we're both you know we're navigating through what's healthy usage and you know try not to be the old man on the porch shaking the cane on Right. Cause so I've got a little girl and a boy and I was actually talking about that with my wife. I said, we, you know, Apple did that update, but do you have an Apple phone? I do. Yeah. You see, so you get the, yeah, you screen, get the time. screen time. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, Oh my God, like, look, look at the screen time. Like this is ridiculous. And so where, where do you draw the line? Cause if you do one extreme where you're like, no, right. Then they're ill-equipped for life right? They don't get those digital native <laughs> skills, right? That would be horrible. Right? No. And, and here we are kind of live. You can finally hey. see me in my wonderful backdrop. Yeah. So if it was in Kansas City, you'd have my, I can switch personas by how I, I move the camera. 
you know, there's the nice chessboard and antique watch in the primary yeah. when I'm doing a board. Or if it goes like this, there's a Lego Death Star and and that is a bunch of pinball machines and guitars. And uh, yeah, instead you just get my uh, serene corporate setting here. But that's yeah. okay. So you play a little guitar, more acoustic or electric, or you you switch? I started acoustic. Yeah. Uh, you know, in youth with bands, you you kind of have to plug in, and then have some classical too. So it's it's a mix. I mean, you you go to early '90s, you know, alternative rock. You can probably, yeah. yeah, have a good sense of what my sensibilities are on it. But yeah, don't play enough. I know. I just, so the first thing I did when I got back from Chicago yesterday afternoon, I was played with the kids and then went in and played guitar because uh, they love to like the little uh, Aria. She likes to like dance and crazy dance while I, while I play. So nice. yeah, I was actually playing some like nineties stuff yesterday, like some, uh, what was it, like some wonder wall, you know? Oh yeah, and, sure. Yeah. And then April I like three some, and rock it out. Dude, yeah. you know it for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use the, um, ultimate guitar tabs or it's like, I got this app on my phone for it. Yeah. I, I had a, an internship. I won't name the organization, but software engineering between uh, junior and senior, year i bought a guitar and finished my assignment for the summer and in you know, a couple of days and I'm like well just learn what you can so i decided to interpret that as as much about guitar as the rest of the the enterprise so it was a good mix it was a good summer <laughs> i came back nice. started a band an awful band um that's how you, you get all the bad ideas out first and then they get good exactly because what college kids don't want to listen to b-sides of they might be giants <laughs> that's obviously the way to up your social cred pretty quickly yeah, yeah. Uh, or or join the acapella group exactly I, I i wasn't that forward looking but yeah it would have been a good uh so yeah so do you acoustic i guess yeah. wonderwall acoustic yeah yeah well so so i started by the way this is the podcast so i hope this doesn't disappoint you we just record yeah, the entire no. time and then we just edit yeah it's good i've yeah. listened to your i love your show so no i get it oh thanks yeah, so I started uh, acoustic, and I bought a really cheap guitar to make sure I would like get into it. I had like ten years into saxophone, so I I, I uh, knew nice. some basic stuff. But uh, then I then I fell in love with some of the John Mayer BB King type style because that's a that's fun to like freestyle to for a little bit. Yeah, so I go back and blues forth. elements too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. My my jam was Dave Matthews, kind of up Dave and down Matthews. the fretboard, yeah, and just kind of as, as he got a little bit more experiential, my playing got a lot better. And um, I picked up piano over the years. So I, you know, keyboarding was something just from coding and you know, and later life PowerPointing. And I'm like, well, that's going to translate okay. So I had the music theory, and, and for a while I was I was ahead of my daughters. Now they're both better pianist than i am but that's that's uh that's a blessing not a that's a feature not a defect right <laughs> right yeah, we, we have a music um, room we got um drums piano acoustic electric guitar it's just our bonus room returned to a music room and even at 19 months she goes in there and turns the piano on and just bangs on it and i'm like well. awesome and then she she carries the drumsticks around forever and then whenever i pick up the acoustic guitar she like runs over to the drums and starts just luckily they're digital so she's not really making any noise <laughs> That's where I was gonna go because say turn on the keyboard. That's a, that's a prime. That's that's plus plus. You put the headphones in. So yep. the digital drums. That's um, 
Yeah, as opposed to, and my girls the same way. The music, they, they gravitate to. Uh, the the pit, I, I think seven pinball machines across the basement. I, I like to get old ones and fix them up. And and their friends come over and their friends, their minds are blown. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. You live in an arcade in your basement. And my girls look at it and go, yep, we got a box upstairs that keeps the fridge, the, the milk cold too. Do you want to see that? Like that's as interested as they are in the in the pinball machines because they've just always been there kind of breaks my heart maybe at some point they'll uh, I've, I've tried incentive schemes like you break this high score and you can stay up later or nothing seems to work so uh, such is life Sorry, oh, no. dad's toys maybe, maybe teach him to solder <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what the every sunday so with with daughters and with they get the fine arts all the time i'm a big proponent of steam you know put the mm-hmm. a in the stem and i love the fact that they get that from their mom and but so during the summers we do science Sundays every every Sunday. It's just something Ooh. we and it's a mix of build a rocket to phototropism, what, what, whatever. You know, I'm, I actively about this time I've got three weeks until the summer starts. I start cultivating new ideas. And so last year about this time I said, you know what will be fun? It'll it'll kill a couple of weeks. Why don't we make a full size R2D2? And that that'll be our science Sunday kind of capstone. And the girls love the idea. I've raised them Star Wars fans, which makes me proud. Um, and Make Magazine had a good, like, hey, do this in a weekend type of feature story. So I, I jumped all over it. A year later, and he's almost mobile. Like, it's, it's phenomenal, the progress. Um, but it certainly was not a two-weekend type of uh, – but they've helped me solder. They went with me to weld a little bit, you know. Uh, we're in my wheelhouse now. It's the you know, there's five Arduinos in us. We're starting to script and code all the light sequences and the remote control pieces. So a lot of the heavy hardware stuff is done. But come wow. on, are you posting videos about this on Twitter or anything? I I've got so when it's finished, I will. I uh, I'll have a grand unveiling. I've been capturing it along the way, and I'm gonna do a big write up on Medium on it or something just to kind of my my year in the life of an astromech builder on top of <laughs> that's hundred hour work weeks and yeah yeah if you you know it's the beautiful thing about any subculture there's a lot of folks that have paved the way and uh and for this one there's a whole community uh folks that in, in star wars they called them they, they, they were all astromechs that's the so anyway that there's a whole collection of people that are just awesome so, so you get one 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 arduino for the see i'm the nerd so i gotta know this there's five yeah, yeah. like one one for like the wheels right like what are the other four well so you, you think about it there's different subsystems in it so the dome has lights and a bunch of servos that are the panels could open up and uh and the little they call them hollow projectors a little it looks like little lights in the front can move there's three of those then the body has the same panels that open then you've got the things that control the speed controllers for the actual motor that turns the dome and uh and the brushless motors that actually make him run, you know, be able to, to drive him around. And and then you've got the sound drivers and you've got the remote control drivers. And you know, so it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Dude, that, <laughs> you, you, have, you need to have someone like come out and do like a story on it. Like with, where, yeah. yeah. Well, um, it's, what's great is, you know, I look back, I joined Deloitte out at undergrad and we, we still had, at the time, technology was a huge piece of what we did, the you know, biggest professional services firm in the world, but it was still a, a kind of a small, it, it was, the, it was the, the interesting little 
kind of venture amidst a much bigger uh, organization. You know, now technology is a heart of business strategy. You can't separate it. I looked 20 years ago and I was horrified that people would find out that I had arcade machines or pinball machines in my basement. You know, now I'm talking about building R2D2 with you know boards of Fortune 10 companies because they all think it's fascinating. Uh, so the, the the idea that geeks inherited the earth, I'm a big proponent of, and you know, and 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 you translate it into you know the curiosity you need because there's so much change happening in so many different fronts. Like you've got to have that, not only the you know get hyped on something new, but have enough rigor to to dig in and be hands on enough to know what's what's real and what really matters, and probably most importantly, what do you do about it. Right. Yes, like VR pops up and then all these, you know, your clients are like, is this something we have to, is this something that's yeah. happening in high school or is this something that's going to affect and disrupt our business? So you have to, to guide them through that. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the glory of having, you know, tens of thousands of, of just rock star engineers and architects and TPT technologists that I can, you know, get a, a, a very grounded opinion from folks from across our organization. But yeah, you know, ultimately, yeah, it's the, you know, VR and augmented reality together, we call it digital reality. We're, we're bullish on it. We're seeing real applications and training and education and, and field service and, you know, but it, navigating through, you know, when and, and, you know, a lot of your guests that have come from, you know, big commercial enterprises, big enterprise, it's not, can we do it and prove a concept and can we have a pilot that's interesting? Can we scale it to 5,000 retail locations? Can we scale it to global network operations across if we're a telco? You know, and that's the piece that you've got to balance the imagination of what could you do with, you know, I call it the hard illities of being a CTO or a CIO, right? Reliability and scalability and security and maintainability and, you know, and where do you make bets? And because, you know, an organization like Deloitte or any of our clients, when we invest in these things, and the responsibility of being able to put a thumb on the scale and accelerate the path to commercialization and relevancy on it. Um, you know, but digital reality is one. Blockchain is one. Um, we put cognitive and AI in a big bucket of just massive potential. We're already seeing a lot of it today. There's much more to come. You know, those are kind of the horizon 1.5-ish. Um, yeah, we're already seeing a lot of activity and only expect more. And then we've got the collection of things that are well out on that horizon that are equally interesting, but you know, have a different type of investment profile because you know, quantum is real, but its maturity is still at a place where it wouldn't make sense for us to put a billion dollar bet about it behind it now. But we need to have we yeah, have an yeah. up, upcoming guest, uh, one of the lead people at IBM and they just released their a quantum cloud. I don't even know if I should say this right now, <laughs> but I don't know oh, if it's public yeah. knowledge or not, but uh, they didn't tell me not to say it and they're coming on the show to talk about it in a month. Yeah, yeah, no. Is that a thing? They, quantum cloud, you can rank quantum compute. Yeah. That, they've been on that track for a while. And then at CES this year, they had the first kind of commercial appliance to not just have it in from, you know, a cloud consumption model on their capability to actually have it in-house. And um, yeah, I mean, the collection, the, the science is real. It's a collection of a lot of things that are, are advancing at a rapid pace. The, 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 the timing is always the real kicker of, you know, when will it hit the, you know, they call it quantum advantage. The fact that I can do quantum algorithms that maybe 
aren't distinct yet because the number of qubits or the fidelity of the algorithm, all the things that make it so, you know, why we look at it and say, get excited in five to 10 years. You know, today I can do things to show it's going to be real. I can start building skill sets because thinking about quantum engineering, quantum algorithm design is completely different than traditional conventional computing. So you know, we better get ready because as the capability advances, uh, there's going to be real advantage to be had by, you know, but we're, we're still waiting on the, you know, and I wish I could say it's two years and three days away from uh, quantum advantage. We'll, we'll we'll you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Out of context. Uh, that'll be the great the pool line. Yeah, the late CTO definitively says. Um, but oh, it's, it. it's it's real and we're investing in the, and, and the important thing that we do is help translate it into, okay, it's going to help with and fill in your blank on the use cases with industry lenses of why it's going to matter. You know, the tech is great. You can geek out on the tech, but ultimately our clients are saying the so what, not just the what, right? So I read your digital or the tech trends 2019. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's an amazingly knowledgeable yet short look at the entire marketplace. Yeah. Thank, no, it's a labor of love. It's the 10th year we've done it. Uh, it's been my baby, you know, with an incredible team it rallies and, and, and creates what you see. But I think that it, the mission hasn't changed. And we've said, let's look at the 18 to 24 months to make it the pragmatic side of prognostication, right? So that balancing of has got to have some novelty and, and you know, it's got to be trendy, but it's not, uh, I'm a big Beach Boys fan, right? So it's not, wouldn't it be nice? I hope and wish and pray it might come true. Like we've got to have the real examples we can point to of folks around the globe, you know, either they're ahead of the market and they're fully realizing the potential of the trends or they're laying the breadcrumbs of you know, how it's you know, circuit today, what's happening. And so you can see why you need to think about and care about it, where it's going to go. Um, but it's, it's a hell of a, it's a massive amount of work. We're already you know, started on for next year's, we'll publish it at the end of the calendar year. And it takes that long to, to bring it all together. Uh, especially because of the client lenses, the, the the views of real companies and what they're doing, or real governments and what they're doing. I think without it, it would it would ring hollow. So I've but got a really I, interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, you're gonna drop the most real interesting part right now. So go ahead. Yeah, all right. You can't. That's you, you. can't just bury that lead. When I when we started at ten years ago, the primary audience was the modern CTO. It was the CTO, the CIO, the tech exec, uh, and. I look now and, you know, this week I'm going to be with two boards, one CEO and a management team, you know, even within our organization, it's been elevated reporting to the CEO and, you know, how we think about a collection of our businesses and what we're doing. It's, it's, it's that shift from tech as an interesting enabling, you know, uh, but separate from business strategy, separate from competitive corporate strategy and, and it being at the heart of that even to the point of our strategy practice, we used to have a separate business strategy and tech strategy, which uh, I promise you made sense at one time, but it certainly <laughs> doesn't make sense you know, today. And that's now one group and you know, can handle the most provocative, you know, how do we launch new businesses and, and completely put ourselves out of market to very specific, you know, what, what do we do about finance or supply chains or how do we modernize our tech stack or blah, 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 blah. So, 
That was actually one of my questions anyways. Like you, you, I read your article. And so I wanted you yeah. to bring that up on the podcast because I read oh, your, yeah. an article about your tech trends. And when you started saying how the, you know, CTO, CIO's primary audience, but then what you've noticed is as technology is consuming the world, that audience has widened to all these like CEOs, board members, and you're having these cool AI, VR, like all these modern tech conversations with these people who you would normally only have those conversations with CTOs. Yeah. And I've heard a few of your guests kind of drop this concept of tech savviness uh, or tech fluency. And we actually try to make that a, a pretty precise conversation and, and say, listen, that is a CEO uh, level. That is a line of business president. That is an executive VP level responsibility. You can't outsource that to say, I've got you know, a, a great CTO, a great CIO, and they're going to come to me with all the answers. You know, it's that shared responsibility of you know, curiosity needs to be consistent. Um, and how do we help cultivate that? And then you can say at the, the quote unquote business level across the management team down in the line, you can put it at the board level, you know, what's the responsibility of the board? And, and if you say corporate oversight includes sustained relevancy in markets, then how do you take tech disruption out of that equation? Um, you know, it, but recognize that you know, we, we use a scale of saying there's, there's a, a tech curious, there's a tech savvy, right, which is an expectation of more than conversational awareness. And then there's a tech fluent, which is you know, you're, you're in the weeds and can you know, click down four or five levels and you know, that we have uh, mastery and, and, and expertise at the further end. And savvy should be an expectation for the organization at large period. And, and you know, to, to recognize there's a need to get there, you've got to elevate what others are doing to make this a program that's, you know, gets embedded in the culture. And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating, and that's, that's happened in the last two or three years, and that's a recent development. Um, I think I always thought that way. And maybe I'm biased as a computer engineer with an MBA that spends a lot of time with executive teams that, you know, trying to push that perspective, but um, the market's catching on. I like it because it makes us more valuable. <laughs> it's like, why not? So For sure. Uh, I'm curious about your, your team, like your direct team. How, how is that set up? Because, you know, you look on LinkedIn, you see Deloitte, 300,000. I'm seeing yeah. you guys do strategy consulting. You've got engineering teams everywhere. You do you do so much, such a wide area of professional services. And I've never talked with a CTO that does such a wide area of them. Usually, you know, it's niche under you know one business. But for you, it's like you're it's like you've got the client business, but you normally client businesses don't get really big like that. Um, it's like you've gotten really big as a consulting company. Yeah, I mean, take part of this is the idea that our business is shifting and having productized solutions is a complement to our services and, and the expertise our people bring is a, is a really important shift that we're in the midst of. And so this idea that we could have solutions and assets and, you know, uh, there, there's some examples of that being a complete product, kind of standalone skew. You can consume it without a services agreement behind it. But we really found that the wheelhouse is bringing IP codified and an asset with the depth of our expertise, you know, those two kind of go hand in hand and, and that's the future of our, you know, for sure our firm, we think the industry at large. So that's, that's kind of, there's, there's a starting point there, which then helps 
put a little bit of focus on, okay, why would research and advanced emerging technologies matter? It's not just for the advising clients of what to do, it's actually shaping our investment portfolio and the like. And then I have, you know, incredible peers, you know, so our chief innovation officer, she leads our investments in the sensing and the prototyping incubation piece, which is you know, hundreds of people across the globe. We've got our platform group that does. So, so it's a nice little mix of, you know, my team, we try to keep relatively nimble. You know, so it's a hundred or so across the globe, a mix of dedicated percentage of times in, um, and some of them are focused on like parts of the portfolio of the horizon lens. This is a whole team looking at the emerging technology kind of horizon two out and just making sure that we're aware of what's happening and what investment patterns there are and kind of coming up with a recommendation of what should we do with something like quantum. And then the ones that are closer to the, you know, what, what, what's being commercialized today, which are building out technical assets that are driving new alliance partners that are co-investing with clients. And um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a nice healthy mix and the important hook is the you know, we have a central funded team, but it's so tightly linked into all of the the P and Ls that actually are out shaping our clients' futures for them. And so it's you know the hooks into our customer practice or our enterprise ops practice, which is ERP and supply chain and finance and you know, or strategy or whatever it might be. So it's um, you know, we find a way to to take advantage of the brain power we have across. You know, and keep a, a sizable kind of central team and investment vehicle, but with an eye toward everything has to have a link into the network, into the business, you know, eventually into the market or client, or it's not you know, very, very little pure R&D. It's all applied R&D, but, you know, with a horizon lens, it's not just immediate. I, 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 that's clear to me, but I live it. I'm not sure if that's clear. <laughs> that rattled through. I'm not going to lie to you. It's about 50, 50%. No, but you, yeah. you gave me an idea. You you said there's about a hundred people, right? You got about a hundred people in your organization. You gave yeah. me an idea of some of your, some of your peers. But I think the thing I'm most interested in as far as right now is you've been at Deloitte for 20 years, right? And yeah. that's pretty rare in today's work climate. So I want to know what have you learned, you know, staying with the same company and, rising all the way up through the ranks to CTO. Yeah. I mean, I, I said when I joined that uh, you know, as soon as I get bored, I'm going to find <laughs> something else to do, you know, and, and there's certainly been a lot of opportunities over the years to do it. It's, I think what's, what's great is with consulting, you I mean, you really get to live your client's biggest problems. You said for the first half of my career, it was all client service you know, massive transformation issue, initiatives, you know, building the electronic trading platform that some of the major security issues run on today or helping big energy companies go through deregulation and standing up a brand, an entirely new operating platform or you know, thinking about the big private companies that say, how do we actually go from being a holding company across our entities and make it common processes and common technology platform? And, and so every project was its own career in a way for the first, you know, my depth of expertise was in integration and architecture, which lent itself to digging deeply in, you know, all the different areas of, you know, of course, the technology stack, like you have to be deep in infrastructure, you have to be deep in data, you have to be deep in applications, you have to be deep in experience, and, you know, but it also forced you to ask the tough questions of kind of business process and, and capability and, and why, so, you know, and, to be the integration guy, you had to know all the piece parts and what the end-to-end -end flow looked like and what were the performance characteristics you're trying to enable. And, and then as the broader architect of these big transformation deals and you know eventually the program lead, that was the nice 
you know, the computer engineer and the MBA came together really nicely um, to, to bring that to life. And then with the, with the CTO gig, it's been, you know, I think it's the best job in the firm. I mean, looking out, helping yeah. navigate through. Yeah, seriously. Um, I know. You know, especially with the way the world's moved with technology. So, you know, I, I personally, you know, when, when my, my friends that have been around as long as I have, I'm sure there were no office pools about who was going to be the guy on stage doing keynotes. And like that piece is for sure nurture, not nature. Uh, but with anything, you get good at it with reps, you know, so, um, and some coaching and a lot of practice along the way. But this, this you know, moving from doing what I was doing for a lot of our clients into doing it for Deloitte was a pretty natural progression. You know, as our business got more serious about this is our business. You know, this is our strategy. This is our future. Um, you know, but 21 years ago, there was no, <laughs> there was no part of uh, the long-haired, ill-fitting, clothes-wearing Bill Briggs that said, "I'm going to be." That's where I want to be in 20. You know, I wouldn't have had the, the the ambition to even say it, and I certainly wouldn't have had the volition to follow through with it. So, <laughs> but with a lot of, I mean, great mentorship along the way. I mean, I, I love you have a theme of that. Um, you know, that's certainly been the the case for me well yeah we all need a lot of great people that's how that's how we get farther ahead and that's who we're serving anyways right and i one, one of the things i i think is really cool about uh, deloitte is how the work you do to stay relevant for yourself is also work that you can do to charge with your clients yeah yeah, right? and not just charge. I mean, yeah, and and or, I'm sorry, it's a model. It's pick, a business model, right? You guys no, sell no, your but, yeah, but it, right? or no? No, no, for, for sure. Oh, no, okay. I, I think it's yeah. no, no, no. You're, you're I mean, the, but uh, let me do an and. I think it's right. You know, and I think at least our view of the world is is saying, hey, we want to be less about time and time and hours. You know, hours and rate and bodies and and be looked at as a as a as a vendor actually you know being contracted for a very specific scope and the more how do we how do we partner with and actually put skin in the game to help and you know transform is a is a word that's wildly overused but it's what it is how do we transform the future of healthcare and work with providers and plans and government and retail and you know and and i think that to do that if you're going to live up to this idea of we got to transform the answer isn't going to come from the patterns and the the well-trodden ground of what we've done in the past you know, that has to inform it because we have to get there from today, but it's not enough. So, so for sure, I mean, and I'll just translate from, you know, charging for it to saying that the future of our, our relevancy is being able to help our clients figure that out, navigate through it. And for us to say, it's not enough just to say, we're going to put some smart people on it and figure it out for you at a high premium. Like we're going to put skin in the game and actually co-invest and co-develop. That's a heck of a shift. Um, I, I just like that you guys... Got you took something that is usually a cost center for most businesses, right? Like I need a research department. They usually yeah. do that, but at your company, you've managed to work it into a line of business as well. And I think that's smart. I think it's clever. No, it's that's I appreciate that. It's and we actually for a lot of our clients, we actually do research as a service. You know, a mix of my yeah. team and some others that, you know, what we're doing anyway to be guiding you know, and we add some context and relevancy for a given industry for a given client, but. You know, that's a valuable product in its own right. And so we're commercializing that. So you brought up transformation. So this is great. Yeah. So I was I was actually talking with uh, 
X on Twitter with uh, Cody, who's like the CTO of um, T-Mobile. Uh, really cool dude. You'd yeah. actually get along with him. Yeah, uh, I know Cody. Yeah. Oh, you he's know great. Cody? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I was like texting him pictures of different running shoes. Cause he's big into running. So I was like, which one should I get? But <laughs> um, digital transformation comes up a lot. It's been up a lot for like 10 years. Yep. But the most interesting thing about digital transformation is how the definition has changed as we've transformed digitally. So yeah. like to me, from my perspective, which was super limited, very engineering 10 years ago, it was just about moving to the cloud. Like you were digitally transformed. It's about moving to the cloud. But today it seems more like making it more accessible to your, making your product more accessible to your customers and more about customer value. Like what does it mean today? Yeah. And you know, there was a step after the very technical into it was about multi-channel, omni-channel, and it was really an emphasis on customer experience engagement. I think well, in the last chapter of Tech Trends is trying to actually put some definition behind the term. Uh, and you know, the whole theme of the report was beyond the digital frontier. We, we, we dabbled with this idea of post-digital about seven years ago. And it wasn't to say digital isn't important. It's the same point of it's just become the basis of competition, right? We're in the post-industrial age. doesn't mean we're beyond industrialization. It just means we don't talk about it as something distinct and unique. I think that's the, and when we look at digital transformation, it's let's move from rhetoric and really empty narrative into, hey, how do we shape ambitions of things we couldn't do without? And certainly technology across the horizons is a piece of that. Uh, but it's capital T technology. It's not just IT very important, right? It's as much about quantum and space tech and physical robotics and nano and neuro and, you know, and then what does it mean today? And it's also other things like the evolving role of ecosystems and, and partnership models that, you know, are truly breaking down the boundaries between industry verticals and lenses, you know, or it's this idea of risk and, you know, not just having a defensive posture around security and privacy and regulatory and compliance, but, you know, that could be a competitive advantage and weapon depending on how it fits into your plans and, you know, and other things. And taking those to actually have some very concrete, you know, here's bounded initiatives with measurable results that we're going to go after. And the collection of those equals a digital transformation strategy, you know, but each one of those hopefully has some shared components. So you don't have to invest in the cloud piece of that journey, you know, and, and have it be done X number of times across different divisions, departments, geographies. Um, but it's that level of, hey, to us as an aerospace organization, our digital transformation is digital twins and be able to run product R&D. We need data management. We need potentially blockchain for suppliers. We need, you know, but it, it shifts the emphasis from being the ingredients, which, you know, too often a report like a tech trends report, it makes individual technologies the hero of a story where they're all dangling modifiers. You know, without the, the, these come together with purpose for this result, those statements become digital transformation when done well. And that can be at the entire, you know, at the CEO level of, you know, we've pointed in the past to Capital One and how their CEO has said, we need to build a bank that the software companies would have built and we need to embed machine learning in everything we do. That's a concrete measure of digital transformation because it lends itself to, we need a different talent pool, we need a different tech stack, we need a different mentality they've done that tech savvy initiative across the leadership team um, but so it's it's that bounded purposeful collection of, of of how do we shape ambitions and spark imagination what could be possible across but get it down to those 
those individual recipes that actually mean something and you can measure if you're making progress against them. A lot of banks fell behind. Yeah. Like, be, so what happened for me, uh, I was at SunTrust. I don't know if they're up where you are. I don't know if they're national bank or not, but no, I know SunTrust. Yep. okay. So they, then everyone around me, Chase and Wells Fargo, and I started seeing other people use their apps and like, this was, you know, probably seven years ago and they were just unbelievable. All the things you could do, you could activate, deactivate, you do all of these features. And then SunTrust was just like buggy app where you could view a balance and it like didn't work half the time. And so I talked to them like the branch manager and stuff. Cause at the time, you know, like I was, uh, had an app development company. So I was like, why don't you guys just improve this? Right. Cause it's, I didn't, I wasn't trying to get them as business. I just wanted them to improve because I was a customer and uh, they didn't for like seven, eight years. And then eventually I just switched to Wells Fargo because I was like, this is so cool. All the things I can do and never have to worry about it. And you know, their strategy was messed up. They even like separated a personal app and a business app. So you could only do you know, business on one. And then on the business one, you had to call a 1-800 number and then like get a code and then go into the bank to even get access to the app. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. But when you say companies out there like that have CEOs, what, what was the name of the, you said Capital One? Is that who you yeah. mentioned? Uh, we, we, it's just been a public story we've had in the past that we put okay. to. Yeah. And, but, but you hit on, there's this, there's this emphasis on you know, human-centered design is a great organizing principle of, you know, let's look at the individual. And it's not just customer, though customer certainly is a good place to focus, you know, but it's as much on your supply chain, your finance, your HR organization, you know, your procurement organization. They don't get a lot of glory, but a huge part in the shift. You know, and, and the idea of what could we do differently with this collection of capabilities you know, and then are we willing to invest because the surety of the return and the timing of the return are going to feel different for some of this than, hey, I need to do you know, my tech maintenance on my infrastructure stack that I know, you know I, I, I can predict it out five years within a, a few pennies. You know, or I'm going to do a finance transformation 10 years ago. We could tell you exactly what that would cost, exactly what the return was. Um, and there's still a lot that falls under that kind of the horizon now investment window. But this this shift toward we have to have a portfolio that's looking out and, and being bolder, uh, because if we don't imagine tomorrow, like your example, the market will. I mean, the, when there's inefficiencies, the market's incredibly efficient in finding ways to to address them. And, to correct, um, yeah, so, yeah. So sure. I want to talk a little bit about leadership and like leadership and technology. Uh, I don't know exactly. I know you said you have about a hundred people in your organization, but you know, what, do, first of all, like, what do you think leadership is? And secondly, you know, how do you, how do you grow and mentor your, your leadership team in technology? Yeah. So I think a part of it is helping cultivate a vision and then being that sponsor for the vision and just consistency in that. I think there's too much change fatigue. You know, so there's something with leadership of, it doesn't mean your strategy doesn't evolve and change, but you know, being thoughtful and, and having some kind of a, a, a thread that's consistent through is, is huge, gets lost. And then giving, you know, my teams, I treat them as startups and, you know, try to allow the individual pods to think of themselves as CEOs and say, listen, um, I, I trust you to help guide us in what we need to do. I can't be the expert in everything. I'm going to come in and ask questions, assume that I know a lot on every topic. Uh, in reality, I'm 
know, it's, it's, it's a nice spectrograph of depth across where it might need to be. But, um, you know, that empowerment and, and trust uh, with enough hands on the wheel and, and details. So, you know, I, I, it, it's, I like to think it's hard to BS me. Now, it might require a Google prompt behind me and a few phone of friends to fill in the detail behind it. But I think that mix of uh, the, the teams feel like they're building something, they own the destiny of what they're building. Um, and then, you know, our shift in the last number of years has been that we, we don't want to fail fast, but we're going to celebrate the, the idea that in the portfolio and that everything can be winners. And that's, that's important. And we're a private partnership. When we make an investment, it's coming out of, you know, I'm a partner and I help directly and personally contribute to that investment. So that's a different level of rigor. <laughs> it, it feels a lot like a startup in ways, right? With, I don't, I don't understand yeah. this last part that you're talking about. You're a, oh. a private. Yeah, Deloitte's a, pri a, part, a partnership. So think of it like a law firm. And Deloitte is a, is a professional services firm, but all, all, there is a group of partners that actually own the firm. So we're oh, a private okay. entity. And, you know, I and 2,000 of my closest friends, like we own Deloitte. And that's not something we, you know, you don't see that in the airport billboards. But for clients, it's actually something that's compelling because we're not beholden to a quarterly results statement and the investments that matter. We stand behind the work we do. and um, That's actually really yeah. cool, man. I, I want you guys yeah. to publicize that more. <laughs> That's yeah, neat. no, it's 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 an interesting, you know, we you never want your organize how you organize internally to be the point, right? Uh, but it is an interesting when we say sense of partnership, that's a very specific thing in our culture uh, because of kind of our heritage and and so you know when you have guys like me standing up and saying we need to make an investment in quantum, it's not just a crackpot CTO saying let's go spend the streets money on something that might come to fruition or not it's you know you'll tell them i'm no writing a piece of that it, check right? yeah. yeah and i'm writing a piece of the check <laughs> and yeah. to support it so uh so tell me about the culture there like a lot of companies will have two or three main points on your culture obviously partnership is a very important part of your culture but what other items yeah well and i like the fact that more and more organizations are using diversity and inclusion as an emphasis point but it's something that we've had since I joined. I went to Notre Dame. You know, I'm a, a good recovering Catholic. Uh, the sense of purpose and community and just the uh, amount of service and investment we made in, in the world around us and then in, in the type of people we try to bring in is something that's just awesome. And you look at, you know, I, I don't know, I, I think it's since I joined being listed as a top places for women to work, you know, in the we track our diversity and inclusion and in how we're doing against all levels, including partners and this commitment of being aggressive and leading in that. So it's awesome. Uh, the culture of courage and curiosity is huge here. And that idea of you know, driving to reinvent yourself, because like you said, if we don't have interesting, compelling things to bring to our clients, our people aren't relevant. Uh, and so that's not just the CTO's job. That's our collective kind of job. And then, the, I, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, Wednesday I'll be there at fifth grade breakfast. I think it's pretty awesome. Like the individual commitment for flexibility, predictability. You think about it, if you're on a project and let's say your client is in Minnetonka in Minnesota, you're there every week for maybe two years, helping them through a massive transformation initiative. And you live in New York, you live in Columbus, Georgia, you live in San Francisco. So this idea, how do you help? people as they go through life 
transitions, kind of find a way to make that tenable. Um, and we do an awesome job of, that's a very individual thing, right? It's person by person what's important. For me, it might be I want to be able to work on R2-D2 on Saturday morning and not be bothered. <laughs> Carve that out. Someone it. else, it might be squash. You know, I'm in a squash league on a Wednesday, and I got to get out by 4 o'clock, and that's, that's really important to me. Awesome. Um, I had an early, you know, one of my early mentors set me down, and I don't think this is just a, a Deloitte thing. Uh, his point was no one decides to become a bad father or a bad husband. Like that's not a conscious sit down and weigh the pros and cons and decide, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a heel turn and, and be a bad dad, right? They're perfectly justified concessions you make moment to moment, day to day. And any one of them, there's a good reason why you're making it, but you don't have a balance sheet to track your relationship health. And, and when you look back, you're not going to remember you know, all the late nights that you turned and all the the weekend trips you made is going to be the stuff that you missed out on. So just being conscious of that. And listen, I work hard. We work hard as part of the culture and, uh, you know, but knowing what's important. And I turned down a CEO meeting on Wednesday so I could be with my daughter when she graduates in fifth grade. And, you know, that's it. And, and what I think is awesome is no one challenged that. It was like, of course. And you turned down a meeting with the president of the United States for this podcast. So I, I really appreciate I can't confirm or deny that, but I certainly made sure we drove quicker from SFO to get to the office. Um, oh man, that's great. Yeah. No, this is this is really good. I like I like the culture there because it aligns. It's reminding me a lot of like our culture here. Like we treat everybody like adults, right? Where if, if you have that thing that's very important, like you you self manage yourself. Uh, we hit the KPIs. Like we all we all have the the outcomes that we're trying to drive. And we have a strong culture of individual ownership and commitment. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very flat organization. I'm sure it's like, I mean, it, it feels like a lot of the startups I work with and, you know, I have folks on my team that are, you know, joining out of undergrad. We've got a few interns that are there, you know, in their twenties and they have a voice like anyone else. Like it's like literally level doesn't matter. The best ideas win. Um, Everything we ask, everyone. Yeah. yeah, completely, and it's you know, driven by passion and and purposes. Have Have you read uh, Principles by Ray Dalio? No. I oh, dude, you would love that man. He built an he built one of the Bridgewater, one of the largest uh, investment firms in the world, off of a lot of these principles that you're that you would identify yeah. with. And like, yeah, I love it. I'll check I it like out. Audible I'm better on. than than reading the books, but I think if you like Audible, you will like Principles. I. Uh, I read quite a bit. My wife gives me a hard time because she's the English major, but I'll I'll have a more classically tilted Kindle library than she's like. What, what are you reading Joyce for in your forties? Like, like that makes no sense. But it's a mix. It's Harari and Joyce. You know, like it's it's. I try to. I think Howard Stern has his new book out tomorrow. That might end up on my Kindle. So it's Ooh. it's a good mix. I haven't, I haven't heard about that book. I'll check that one out too. You know, you would enjoy it because it's all about his his interview. I mean, I don't know if you oh, yeah. listen, but he's a fantastic interview. I've listened interviewer. to a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, kind of has the reputation of being one of the better, and I, the book is all about prep and technique and individual interviews, what mattered, what he wish he would have done differently. So, anyway, I will I, definitely. I, read I, I have no stock in this, but uh, as a fan. Hit him with the Heim. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, 
I very much enjoy. I I'm almost scared to admit that like when what was it like be like being age twelve. I mean, I'm thirty one now. But like age twelve, he would he would have his show on on TV, uh, <laughs> and it was very interesting to learn from as a twelve year old. But yeah, he's always uh, super direct, and he's made an entire living out of interviewing. And and his and he's evolved. Like when earlier days, the crassness wasn't high on my list, you know. But he's it's it's still there in bits. But the mixing board is a lot different. But, um, and then Harari, I'm sure you've read you've all collected no, but books. now I have to. Oh, so you know, Sapiens about what happened to make you know, ten thousand years ago the human race was remarkably indistinctive on the planet. So what happened, you know, from from the beginning of time to 10,000 years ago to now to kind of lend itself to the dominance. My favorite is the second book, which is Homo Deus, basically. And this is the inside flap covers. There's no spoilers here, but the setup of the book is if you look and say, okay, in the last 10,000 years, humanity has solved for war and famine and plague, not eradicated them, but more people die of obesity than starvation. So you know, we systematically solve for these big issues. Then looking out a hundred years, so expect an exponential return of effect. What are the what are the big issues that we should expect humanity to solve for? And and the book's organized around the big three. Mortality is the first, so non-accidental death is a problem statement that he believes that we'll be able to solve for. If you solve for that, you have to solve for happiness. Uh, and then if you solve for mortality and happiness, then you have to solve for divinity because every definition of a god in any culture you want to look at would... Um, you see it walking around on the planet. So anyway, talk about past the hookah and uh, pour another right. bottle of wine, but it's a great collection. Yeah, and very timely into this I, tech ethics discussion of. No, yeah. I, first of all, I saw someone reading the book on the airplane, uh, like last week when I was headed out to Chicago and I was like, sapiens, okay. I didn't see the book a lot, but these are the types of, con well, I haven't read that book and I'm definitely interested and it's, it's going to be on my list now. Um, these types of conversations are the ones I was actually having on the plane or I have very often, like my favorite one recently is like, what are the humans building? Uh, like looking at humans as you would look at an ant mound. If you walk up to an ant and you ask it like what it's doing, it's probably saying that it's just on its own personal mission. It just really wants to carry this grain from here to there. Right. And, yep. and so they all like are contextualized to their own world. But then if you step back and look at them, it's like you can clearly see they're building this mound, this like place. And then so if you do that with humans and markets, it's like, what are the humans building? You know? Yeah, I love it. I, uh, I would raise a scotch and engage with that dialogue for sure. And <laughs> I don't know if we <laughs> yeah. can pull that thread in a nope, few minutes. We can't here. do that in two minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but I love it. There'll be a future one. Uh, maybe maybe you could introduce me to to a to a whiskey or a scotch. I don't think I've ever had either of those two. I've had vodkas oh. and beers and stuff, but never whiskey or scotch. Yeah, my my action figure would come with a cappuccino on one hand and the, and a rocks glass in the other. And the important thing is to remember which end of the day they go in because it could get really <laughs> messy if you mix them up. But uh, it can yeah. or fun. Yeah, well, it could get messy. Yeah, I could it, 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 listen. I'm game. Roll the dice. Could be right. could be great too. Well, uh, maybe if maybe at a conference or something, I'll run into you and we'll correct that wrong in the universe, and you'll introduce me to a to a whiskey or a scotch. I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. Thank you so much, Bill, for coming on, sharing some inside advice. What your day's like? How what it's like being the, the CTO of Deloitte? This is unbelievable. Awesome. I I enjoyed it. Big fan. Keep up the great work.
Thank you, buddy. You too. Right. And uh, follow up with me on the uh, R2D2 thing when it comes out. If you can. Yeah, if you yeah, do a follow up. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. All right. All right. See you, buddy. All right. See ya. Bye.